Hi there. It's your GM Alex, here to welcome you back to Inspired Incompetence. This is the third episode of our Tyrant's Grass playthrough, and we've already gotten such a positive feedback. I wanted to thank you all for becoming the hype and being a part of our newest project. Now, if you really like what we're doing and you want to help support our show, here's some real easy ways to do that. First, head to your podcast distributor of choice and leave us a rating and review. This really helps give us more visibility in a world flooded with podcasts. For the most impact, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts gives us the best boost in visibility. They're the big ones. Second, talk about us. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Be a part of our social media presence on Facebook and Twitter and join our Discord server. Links to all of these are on our website at inspiredincompetence.com. We're all very active on Discord and love talking with listeners about the show, about other games and movies and TV shows, and any number of other interests. And third, check out our Patreon page. Every $1 pledge helps us out, and if you want to receive some cool perks, consider checking out our $5 and up tiers, nerdy articles about Pathfinder and gaming in general, early access to new episodes, and more all waiting for generous donors to our show. We have some very fun ideas for additional projects. A lot of them require more time and funding than we currently have, though. But if we can reach some new heights in pledges, we can really start to give back and make a lot more content. Okay, that's enough out of me. Extra support or not, I'm honestly just happy you're here to listen to Episode 3. Mighty Stabs. The Inspired Incompetence Podcast is brought to you by Charlie's Chainsaw Emporium, the most impressive way to lose weight fast. Hi, I'm your GM, Alex. How's everybody doing? Hello. <laughs> Pretty good. Ready to rock. I lost a lot of weight fast over the week. Oh, that's impressive. <laughs> Did you go to that new Emporium? Yeah, Charlie's. You heard of it? Swell, yeah. Swell place. I like the voice. Yeah, that old-timey announcer voice was perfect. <laughs> Thank you. The only downside to that place is it makes you really unbalanced. Well, you just got to apply it <laughs> evenly, and the weight will come off just fine. That's true. All right. So we come back to uh, our PCs are currently uh, doing their best to uh, make a full clear of Roslar's tomb, or wherever they are. Despite Rogar's best intentions. Yeah, going into every single optional room first <laughs> by process of elimination they have just entered uh what must be the correct path out of here and they come up to a corner a little alcove in the side of the hallway they're in with a soft glowing light which may or may not be glow sticks we're gonna find out we're hoping for those glow sticks though a small alcove on the east wall of this hallway contains stone shelves with some boxes and bags. On the floor are several shiny plates of insectile exoskeleton that glimmer with a faint red glow. So, pretty much like glow sticks. Hmm. Less stick, more bug, but same effect. Can we see the room? I want to tell if Elias oh, it's already just dead. Good. smashing. Just, just, just before anything crawls out of it, just bash the shit out of it. <laughs> 
Do we know what kind of bug it is? I don't you guys care. Smash <laughs> dungeon hearing check. No That's idea. Twelve for me, Bob. Ooh. That's a uh, a nineteen for me for Utri. Oh, I forgot. Uh, sixteen because of the uh, damn intelligence thing going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a zero for Crow. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, all right, so. Thalias, Uhtred, and Vipira, you all recognize this dead creature as a fire beetle. It has glowing glands that provide light in a 10-foot radius. A dead fire beetle's luminescent glands continue to glow for 1d6 days after its death. Wow, so it's kind of recent. Yep. Anybody who wants to can give me a perception check. I'll do it, but not well. 20 for Crow. Uh, wisdom takes uh, that penalty, right? Yeah. Five. Uh, Fourteen for Rogar. Twelve for Vipira. Four for Elias. Uh Father Crow, uh, you're looking at this fire beetle, and it looks rightly and truly dead. But every so often, you do see like a, a the the most imperceptible of twitches. Uh, almost looks like it's coming from inside this fire beetle. Like there might be something inside the dead creature, maybe eating it or just like sleeping or you're not sure. But it, it looks like there might be something inside this fire beetle. Stay back. I think there's something in it. I s- there's movement. I told you. Kill it. Kill it. Bash it. Phileas, shovel. Get it. Now. Shovel time. <laughs> okay. Uh, just go ahead and uh, roll damage. Nine damage. Okay. You slam your shovel down on this dead fire beetle, and you hear, and out from, uh, bursting out from uh, within its now uh, rotting away exoskeleton, you see an Ostavite. Oh my god, if we never face another one again, it would be too many. (laughs) This Ostavite is glowing. You're not positive, but it's almost as if it uh, consumed the fire beetle's uh, light gland and is now just a big old glow bug. But everybody can now give me initiative rolls. Rogyar. Uh, 17. What's your modifier? Two. Okie dokie. Thalias. That's a six. Uhtred. Uh, 15. Father Crow. An eight. And Vipira. 19. Oh, okay. Up first is Vipira. Vipira, you're up. Uh, claw, claw. Okay. The Ostavite is flat-footed because it hasn't gone yet, so you're going to sneak attack damage. <laughs> yeah, but I'm also going to roll a crit. Ooh, roll to confirm, please. Uh, 20 to confirm. Ooh. Oh, that confirms. Oh, oh baby. That's a lot of damage. What a cathartic crit. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, this effect is called Stand Aside. Uh, double damage, so the actual crit damage, and you push the target one square in any direction. Oh, I'm gonna push it back against the wall. Okay. And how much uh, damage so, was that? Uh, 17 damage. All right. So you you reach out with your with your clawed hand and you take a swipe, and multiple pieces of the Ostavite collide with the far wall, and you just destroy this thing in one hit. I turn to the group and I say, let's get out of here, shall we? <laughs> That's a good idea. Good lass. 
I'm gonna kick the bug's body on my way well, past. Do we <laughs> start? We we start with a hero point, right? Yes, everybody starts with one hero point. Oh yeah. Ooh. Actually, why don't we take this opportunity to explain what we can do with hero points for the audience? Okay, so hero points are a spendable resource for the players. They're not really so much a thing for the characters so much. It's more of a uh, storytelling supplement, usually during combat, but it can be used out of combat as well. So everybody starts with one hero point to their name. The most you can ever have is three, and you earn them by doing something cool. So whether it's remarkable role-playing, uh, doing something incredible in a combat or succeeding on something that their character uh, had very little chance to do. Just any sort of noteworthy uh, moment is has potential to earn you a hero point. Although any such moment that was accomplished through the, through the expenditure of a hero point cannot get you a hero point. So with a hero point, uh, there's uh, several things that you can do. You can re-roll a d20 roll that you just made you can give yourself a plus eight luck bonus to a d20 roll you're about to make or after you see the result of the roll but before you know if it's a success or a failure you can retroactively give yourself a plus four to that roll you can also use it to interrupt uh initiative and take either a standard or move action as if you had readied an action and that effectively moves you in the initiative order to where you just went. Uh, you can use a hero point to cast a spell that you had prepared for the day and already cast, or to cast, uh, if you're a prepared caster, if you're a spontaneous caster, you can use a hero point to cast a, a spell from a slot without expending that slot. Uh, or if you have some other daily resource, if you have some other daily resource that uh, you can spend like if you have grit points, if you're a gunslinger, or if you're a, like a paladin and you've already used Smite Evil for the day, you can use your hero point to do that again. Uh, so there's, there's a small list of things that you can do with a hero point, and they're good to have, and that's pretty much what they do. Good summary, Alex. Thank you. Then on down the hallway. Okay, so you continue to the south, and you immediately get to the end of the hallway. And this wide room has a hallway leading out to the north wall where you came from, and a set of stairs leading up to the east. An elaborately lifelike image carved into the south wall depicts a mustachioed knight kneeling before a slender woman with feathery wings. The woman holds a rapier above her head with one hand, while the other is extended to the knight, who is kissing it. Lettering above the image reads, Faithfulness Always to the Red Crusader. As you grew closer and closer to this room, you saw another sort of glow. And Is it the glow of an exit sign? <laughs> <laughs> this place has a distinct lack of fire exits and exit signage. Yeah, this place is definitely not to code. So in addition to all the descriptive text I just gave you, uh, you see three very much living fire beetles, all kind of clinging to the western wall. And uh, when... They see you enter. They kind of flutter their their beetle-like wings aggressively, and uh, they attack you. Everybody roll initiative. Uh, beetles. Uh, I thought these were the good beetles. I don't hear any music. The Fab Four. 
They're pissed Ringo's dead. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to Pathfinder, all Beatles suck. <laughs> yeah. Especially the spy ones. <laughs> okay, Rogiar, initiative. Uh, 19. Wow. Vipira. 7. Hey, Father Crow. 13. Uhtred. 13. What's your modifier? 0.2. Crow? Mine is 0.3. Very good. Thalias. 18. Okay, up first is Rogiar. Okay, um, not really too much I can do here. There, you know what? I still have, I got line of sight on the green beetle in the corner there, but so far, you guys haven't really seen Rogiar shoot his air blast too far. Like, he's actually had to move closer a couple of times, and you actually, like, Rogiar kind of like looks at his hand for a sec and, and looks at how far away that beetle is, and like, he's just, he looks unsure for a sec, and then just out of nowhere, you just see this 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 loud like aura and like almost like a little mini windstorm whip up around around Rogyar, and then he just takes both of his hands and throws them out, and this this like blast of air shoots farther than you would think it should. And mechanically speaking, I am gathering power to use the uh, extended range infusion on my blast. Since this is the first time that Uhtred's actually been like next to Rogar when he used his ability, he's gonna say, Rogar, seriously, all these years and I never knew you were more than a merchant. All these years and I didn't know either. <laughs> Wait, are you saying you've never done that before? No. Okay, so the fire beetles are going to have some cover because you're shooting past a bunch of medium-sized people. Okay. Uh, so what is your attack roll? I rolled a 20 to hit. So with cover, that will definitely still hit. All right, and that is eight bludgeoning damage on the green beetle, which is the southernmost beetle. Yep, so that beetle crumples under the force of that wind blast and falls to the ground dead. And it is now Thalias' turn. So with everyone's newly discovered powers, I'm thinking I'm thinking it's my turn. I look down at my hands and I start gathering power <laughs> <laughs> in my shovel, and then I take a five foot step and splat a beetle. <laughs> Very good. Hey. Twenty-five. Mo fucking critical. Alright, roll to confirm. Seventeen to confirm. That definitely confirms. Dude, I'm telling you, Matt's got the right idea with this power thing. <laughs> <laughs> He's on to something. All right. All right, let's so see our crit card. This is uh, bludgeoning with the shovel. This is called a broken nose. Uh, deals <laughs> normal damage, so the non-crit damage, and one charisma damage, and one bleed. Yeah, show the fucking off. beetle's nose who's boss. <laughs> Poor Joe. Even when he gets a crit off, the crit card's like, yeah, here. Let's... Cut half your power and not do anything for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, he also Those... rolled minimum damage on both the damage. I know. That's why damage. it's like, why <laughs> is the crit card gonna cut his knees out from under him? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, All right. So what is point that out? So what is your normal damage, non-crit damage, Thalias? It looks like a fiver. Yeah. All right. And one char- and one charisma damage to this beetle. It's gonna really and one about bleed us. and one bleed. And- and one bleed. I'm slightly more put off, put off by its uh, 
appearance now. <laughs> and it'll take that it'll take that bleed damage never because five damage is still enough to crush in the skull of that beetle. Yes. Nice. Yes. <laughs> Taste my shovely wrath. <laughs> and now it is Father Crow's turn. Oh, I'm all pissing vinegar now. Everybody's <laughs> dropping them. <laughs> run through that wall. <laughs> I do. I run through the wall. Uh, I'm going to run up to the beetle and jab forward with the short sword. 19 to hit. That'll hit. Three damage. Okay. It is not enough to kill the beetle, but it looks severely wounded. I didn't gather power. <laughs> That's your problem. Yeah. yeah, you didn't. I forgot to use my free action to gather power. Damn it. Uh, and Vipira. Uh, Vipira. Vipira's going to run up. She can't get on the other side or flank with anybody, so she's going to move right on right next to it and um and she's hopefully going to do the same thing that she did with that uh uh other beetle thingy do i have a sneak attack on this it hasn't gone yet so it's flat-footed oh shit (laughs) 22 to hit that'll hit 11 damage you destroy the fire beetle i just knock these things right into the wall and fucking sick and tired of these bugs and i'm just i i just want out at this point very good i'm with you last let's get out of here so rogar what do you call that nifty move i have no idea uh it's it's a blast of air so we'll go with an air blast i don't know well see that imagination is running wild again (laughs) it's catching its imagination you guys coming or not and uh vipira starts heading is that upstairs or downstairs? It is upstairs. Okay, so you all start walking up these stairs. Uh, who's who's going first, Vipira? Oh, yeah, she's leading the way. Any okay. bug that gets in her way, she's just going to slam it against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you all start walking up these stairs. It's just an, uh, a narrow staircase going up. As you go up, the echoing sounds of footsteps just kind of takes over and... All, all of your steps echoing together just kind of warps into this this confusing, echoey cacophony. The, the sound of that echoing uh, eventually just kind of melts away, and it's replaced by the, the, the low whistling of a cool breeze. And the scene of you guys going up these stairs fades away, and we see another scene playing out. And a cool breeze runs past our ears, carrying an early spring chill and the spicy aroma of hearths ablaze with pine wood. A man steps into view, visible in the late evening only by the soft light of street lamps. He has a warrior's haircut and wears the uniform of a local guardsman, complete with a sheathed scimitar at his hip. You recognize the intense stare and sharp jawline of Uhtred Bebenberg. Uhtred leads two other guards, one with dark skin and a small, neat beard, the other with long red hair, through the snowy streets of Roslar's coffer, the slushy clomp of their boots calling up the melting streets. They arrive at the guard station, with a simple sign hanging from the awning. Parked next to the front door is a donkey-toed wagon, its contents covered with a worn blanket. The donkey eyes the approaching men nervously. Uhtred peels the blanket back and spies the contents underneath, revealing crates of various sizes labeled Stonebuckle Arms. 
He looks around for the wagon and donkey's owner for a moment, appearing concerned. His gaze stops at the narrow alley between the guard station and a local pub. He signals for the other guards to remain at the wagon and cautiously moves down the alley. After only a few feet beyond the opening, you can make out a gruff, angry voice. Uhtred quickens his pace and reaches a corner where the voice can be heard clearly. You're not being very polite for an outsider. I'm not trying to be polite. I'm trying to finish my business and get some damn rest. Take your hands off me. Uhtred rounds the corner in time to see a dwarf being harassed by a drunkard, likely from the pub next door. The drunkard sloppily jabs at a bald spot on the dwarf's chin, where his beard seems unable to grow properly. The semi-bearded chin of Rogar Stonebuckle. I said stop it! And what's this? Dwarves are supposed to have big fuck-off beards. Aren't you a real dwarf? That's enough! Uhtred has closed the distance and stands with one hand on the pommel of his sword, directly behind the drunkard, who jumps in surprise, spinning around, revealing a thin mustache and a pale face of freckles. Terry, go home before I bring you in for disturbing the peace. Terry the drunkard makes no indication that he saw or heard Uhtred, but nonetheless stumbles past him, moving farther down the alley. Uhtred watches him as he disappears around another corner. Rogiar frowns at Uhtred while idly rubbing his chin where he had been jabbed. I could have handled him. Uhtred raises an eyebrow with a grin. And I could buy a wagon and cart goods from town to town. But I like my job better. What do you say? He holds a welcoming hand out to the grumpy dwarf. A smirk escapes Rogar's scowling face as he takes Uhtred's hand. I suppose I'll stick with what I'm good at and leave the grunt work to you. The two men chuckle for a moment before releasing hands. It's good to see you, Keeper. With a slight twinge in his eye. Likewise, did you just arrive? No kids this time? Rogiar shakes his head and gestures vaguely back out the alley. I sent Dolrin over to Hilda's with some coin to get our room made up while I made the delivery. Didn't plan to get in so late, but the roads weren't as, uh, wagon-friendly as we'd hoped. Uhtred nods, looking skyward. It was a cold winter, even for us. Glad you made it unharmed. Well, that is. How did you get mixed up with old Terry? The two begin walking back to the main street, as Rogiar shakes his head awkwardly. I was waiting for someone to come unlock the place. It's late, I'm not blaming anyone. Sounded like a sick dog was having a fit in here. The sound was starting to spook old Oscar here, so I tied him to the post and went to see what was going on. At this point, the two emerge from the alley, and we see the dark-skinned and red-haired guard standing by, peering anxiously toward the dark lane. Everything okay, Uhtred? Uhtred throws a rough arm around Rogiar. Yeah, I found a sick dog lost in the alley. The dark-skinned dwarf sends a knowing smile at Rogiar. You've done Mr. Stonebuckle. Rogiar nods and grins back. Marcus? Marcus, can you and Gabe unload the stone muckle arms? Uhtred places a hand on the donkey's back. And have Trent bring Oscar to the stable. Gabe idly brushes his long red hair away from his eyes. Sure thing. Good night, Mr. Stonebuckle. Oh, and Uhtred, Mayor Grives says she wants to see you and Captain Blake first thing tomorrow. Thanks, Gabe. Uhtred turns to speak more quietly to Rogiar, tilting his head toward the pub next door. Can I tempt you with a drink? I got first round. Rogiar looks farther back down the main street. I shouldn't leave Dolren on his own for too long. He cracks a grin. Ah, but he's probably asleep. That last stretch really took a lot out of him. With his arm back around Rogiar, Uhtred has already started guiding his friend into the pub. Well reasoned. 
You can tell me about the trip. Any trouble on the road? Old Mr. Hattaby says he swears he saw a couple drakes fighting over the Toradel toward the east. And, and as Uhtred guides Rogyar into the pub next door to the guard station, their clomping footsteps uh, disappearing with them, we again hear the echoing footsteps of our group in real time as they finish walking up this long, narrow staircase. With that, you guys get to the top of the stairs. And I don't know if anyone was hoping to uh, emerge from within this uh, building to the outside, but uh, that ain't what happens. Boo. Oh, you... no. So that stairs leads you to this room. Uh, this room contains a row of four marble busts with a strong family resemblance. Each bust rests atop a narrow stone pillar. The bust farthest to the north of a proud man with a wide mustache wears an elegant wig of actual hair. An archway opens into another room to the north, while a set of stairs descends to the west back where you came. What do you guys do? I'll check out the... do a little inspection on these busts, and I move over to the second one from the north. Okay. Uh, So you... Look at these busts, and they all... You, you can see a sort of family resemblance to uh, all four of them. Roslar is farthest to the north, uh, and the one that you're right in front of uh, reads, Follest Roslar, father. Uh, and then going south from there, they say, Emilisa Roslar, mother, and Annalisa Roslar, sister. And uh, Roslar at the north reads, Irvin Roslar, hero. It's the Roslars. Hero. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> just to see if I can. Uh, Rogar kind of like just tries to like manipulate the air around Roslar's bust to try and knock off the the wig that's sitting on there. Are you doing this with like the same power that you've been using in combat? No, I'm basically trying to see if I have like some finer control over it to just like... Because I've just been kind of like blasting away at these enemies for now. And right now I just want to see... Is that all I can do is blast, or can I actually just kind of, like, whip up a little gust of wind and, and try and knock this wig off his head? Oh, okay. And can It's you? like Spider-Man. Remember Spider-Man? I think I remember Spider-Man. Spider who? First he was shooting webs all over school, and then he was like, maybe I can swing from buildings. <laughs> <laughs> or something. I, I don't know. I'm not that good at movies. <laughs> um, but yes, Rogiar can just, like, he, can, he has the ability to do these, like, smaller... Just basic air manipulation techniques. Okay, so by creating a a little uh, breeze, Roslar is able to kind of blow this uh, the wig uh, off of the northernmost bust because this isn't. It's not just a uh, the hair isn't just carved into the the bust. It's like wearing a wig. So I'd say probably with like the force of if you were like got up right next to it and you like had a, a bellows and you're just kind of like foom 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 foom. Uh, you're able to uh, blow the wig off of Roslar's head. Uh, why doesn't everybody give me perception checks? Uchi got a 17. Viper got a 12. Rogier got a 23. Crow got a 5. Fly's got a 6. So you're taking a look at these uh, uh, busts, and there's really not a whole lot uh, to look at. But Rogier, you... Uh, you, th- you think you saw something uh, hiding behind one of the busts at the last moment, and as four creatures reveal themselves, 
uh, Rogiar, you're able to act in the surprise round. Oh, jeez. As four of these squat humanoids uh, that seem to be nearly all head uh, step out from behind the four busts. The size of their heads is uh, truly an unfortunate circumstance considering how ugly these puffy, their puffy blue faces are. Uh, anybody who wants to can give me a knowledge nature check. Eight. Uhtred got a 17. One. Ooh, 15 for Rogyar. 10 for Vipira. Okay, Vipira, Rogyar, and Uhtred recognize these creatures as mites. They're small, ugly, fey creatures. Dwellers of the dark. So Vipira can ask one question, Rogyar can ask two, and Uhtred can ask two. I'll start. Where are mites normally found? Where is their point of origin? As fey creatures, they are actually primarily from uh, the first world, which is another plane of existence. Uh, it's the uh, the home of all fey creatures. But mites, more commonly than most fey, can pretty easily be found in the material plane, among other planes. But yes, these creatures primarily hail from the first world. And for my second question, uh, what languages do they speak, if any? Oh, they speak Undercommon. Damn it, I don't speak Undercommon. It's like Common, but South. Oh, so it's just <laughs> it's got to draw all twang. It. Just got to throw a <laughs> y'all and a little twang in there. And How the you doing, folks? Please communicate to these uh, mites. <laughs> using, uh, uh, I'd also like to apologize to any of our yeehaw. Southern listeners. <laughs> Uh, no, Undercommon is a com- is a different language entirely from Common. It is reserved primarily for creatures that dwell underground. Okay, uh, Vipira and Rogyar, you each have some questions. Alright, um, do these guys resist anything? Any damage or whatever? You know that they have damage reduction 2, which is overcome with cold iron. Okay, and do they have any immunities? They do not. Vipira, you have one question. HP game. Okie dokie. 14. Lower. Okay, so let's do initiatives, and then Rogyar will be part of the surprise round. All right, Thelias. Yeah, it's uh, 8 and... Uhtred. 13. Father Crow. A 5. Vipira. 22. Ooh. And Rogyar. 18. Okay, surprise round. Rogyar, you're up. Okay. Rogyar is going to shoot a blast at the one that is, you know, 10 feet in front of him. And see how this goes. It's an 18 to hit. That hits. And that is 10 damage to the mite. Okay. That mite is just struck straight back to the eastern wall and it flops onto the ground dead. Hmm. And then I'm going to take a five-foot step uh, to the northwest so that I can cower behind (laughs) Vapira. The tides Uh, have turned. Yeah. (laughs) What a 180. (laughs) (laughs) All right, very good. It's now the mites' turn. They're going to go ahead and surround Uhtred. Two of them them are flanking him. We'll start with the one that is not flanking him. That is a 7 versus Uhtred's flat-footed AC. Or 9 versus Uhtred's flat-footed AC. Uh, no. But just just missed. Okay. Then we'll go with the two flankers. 
Seven versus Uhtred's flat-footed. Nope. And uh, that's a 19 on the die, which is a critical threat with their daggers. I'm going to roll to confirm that. And an 18 to confirm. Bye-bye, Uhtred. It was a fun three three episodes. (laughs) All right, give me a crit card, Matt. All right. Uh, Piercing or slashing? Or do you want to hear both and choose? I'd like to hear both, please. All right. The piercing crit is called Momentum. It's double damage and plus two on all of your attack rolls for one round. And the slashing one is called Gory, which deals normal damage. And the target is sickened for 1d6 rounds. I'm going to go with Momentum. So, Uhtred, you take a whopping three points of damage from the Might's Dagger. And he feels quite mighty right now. <laughs> oh, got him. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, but that that concludes the uh, surprise round. Let's go to the combat proper where Vipira is up. Vipira is going to swing at the one that's just north of uh, Uhtred. All right. Which happens to be the one that feels quite mighty right now. Uh, 17 to hit. That'll hit. Four damage. And it dies. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> uh, all right, I uh, go to the next one. Uh, that's just south of Uhtred. All right. 11 to hit. 11 does not hit. Okay, and then it was Rogar's turn. Okay. Rogar is going to uh, counter its repeat. He'll, he'll take a shot at the, at the might that uh, Vipira just tried to slash at. Try and finish it off. All right. Ooh, and with the shooting into melee, that is a six to hit. So I don't think that's going to do it. No, sir. All right. And I continue hiding behind this young girl. (laughs) I see bravery wasn't one of his awakened skills. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) All right. It is the Might's turn again. And uh, they're going to stick with their strategy of surrounding and focus firing on Uhtred. So that is a six versus Uhtred's flat-footed. Uh, no. And an 11 versus Uhtred's flat-footed. That will hit. All right. Uhtred takes two more points of damage. Oh, God, I'm hanging on by a thread. <sighs> Fucking one health. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God, really? Yeah. You are bleeding. What is all you need? And it is now Uhtred's turn. I'm going to take a five-foot step here so I don't provoke from blue. And I'm gonna pray like all hell that this guy doesn't hit me on an attack of opportunity as I try to drink a potion. Oh, okay. Not much else I could do. Ah, or I could just try and kill Green. That's usually an effective strategy. Yeah, actually, let's let's do that. We're gonna five foot step here, and then we're going to use a swift action to use an Arcana point to give my dagger a plus one. And then I'm also going to use, was it spell combat casting? Okay. Uh, spell strike or, or no. no? Not spell strike. It's the it's first spell one. combat. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's spell combat, which that's going to allow me to cast a spell and also make my uh, dagger attack at a minus two penalty. Okay. As if you were two weapon fighting. Correct. What's the spell that you're casting? I am going to be using Frostbite. Okay. Uh, And you're going to have to 
cast that defensively if you don't want to provoke. Yep. Oh, a natural uh, one. Ooh. All right. So I hate to see it. It doesn't provoke for failing, but unfortunately, you do waste the spell as if you cast it. Yep. All right. Well, I'll take. Do I still suffer the uh, minus two penalty for my dagger? Attack? Yes. Okay. Oh, no. It's a six to hit. Oh, it does not hit. None of that went right. That's all I got. How long have we been out of our tombs? If I had to guess, I'd say probably somewhere along the lines of like 15 minutes, half an hour. Oh, God. Yeah, it's been probably a half hour. I have no spells left for the day. Look at your, you got the cantrips, but yeah. Yeah. Magus doesn't get a whole lot, especially early on. It is now Thelias' turn. All right. I pick up my mighty shovel and swing mightily at the mites. Okie dokie. 18. 18 will hit. 7 damage in a smushing fashion. Oh, you smush that mite. Yeah, that's how we do. When you lift your shovel back up from the floor where you smushed it, one of its big bulbous eyes kind of like gets sucked out of its socket from the force that you hit it in the face with. Yes, yes, excellent. Do you do anything with your move action? Yeah, I'll surround uh, that other mite with my um, mighty paladin body. Good thinking. And Father Crow. All right. Father Crow is going to step to the east five feet and hoping that the mite is distracted, go in for a quick slash with the short sword. All right. Ooh, Ooh critical hit. Roll 22 to confirm. Oh, that confirms. Uh, but a, a short sword is piercing damage, correct? Uh, or I slashing. Think it's piercing or slashing. Oh, well. All right. Well, so the piercing one is called forearm piercing. Double damage, and the target is disarmed. The slashing crit is called surprise opening. Double damage and one free attack against the target at a minus five penalty. Wow. I'll take that one because <laughs> it was a sla- I said I slashed. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, uh, you're not going to be able to make that uh, second attack because with that slash. Uh, you slay the might. All that's left in this room is four busts and a wig. All right, I'm going to drink uh, my Cure Light Wounds Potion. Okay. Godspeed. Don't roll a one. <clears throat> hey, we can live with a five. Okay. Nice. Nice. That's six. six. All right. That gets me, what, back up to seven? Indeed. That's only three off full. Very nice. What do you guys do now? Leave this uh, godforsaken th- room. Yeah, exactly. Through the door. Let's get the <laughs> hell out of here. You exit the structure. I'm just kidding. You don't exit the structure. Yeah. He's so funny. This cavernous chamber has two doors to the north and two to the south, uh, the southeast of which you uh, came from. The west end of the room contains an altar with a symbol of a winged rapier burning with bright light. Several tiles on the floor in front of the altar bear large symbols. The east end of the room contains a large crack defacing a mural of armored figures staring resolutely forward with beams radiating behind them. Several corpses of small bug-eyed blue creatures slump in three piles throughout this room. You recognize these bulbous-headed creatures as mites, the very same creatures that you just fought. Bad luck for them. (laughs) Yep. So, what do you guys do? Uh, and where did you say the exit was? There's three exits, <laughs> other than the there one we just came in from. Yes, this room has four right, exits, right. Uh, three of which you have not yet uh, been to. Uh, if you look at the eastern end of this room, 
uh, you'll see another one foot wide hole in the the wall, similar to the one that you found uh, downstairs. Uh, and what did we do last time? We put something in front of it? Yeah, yeah we bar- barricaded it. Is there anything for us to barricade it with? They might already be in here. You're in here with me. I I point at the dead bodies. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, if you look over to the east side of this room, you'll see uh, you'll see three dead mites. Do I detect any magic? Uh, You are detecting some faint evocation magic coming from this altar all the way to the west of the room. I'm a brave guardsman. I walk up to inspect it. Not Not without your paladin, you didn't. I mean, people can come with me. Yeah, I'm gonna go halfway and then watch. Uh, why doesn't everybody give me perception checks, please? Can't wait to pass one of these. Oh, two. That's not gonna do it. Twenty-one for Rogiar. Fourteen for Crow. Uh, two for Uhtred. And that's an eighteen for Vipira. Oh, four. fourteen. Fuck. That sucks, right? <laughs> it really does. That is so awful. <laughs> I saw my 18 and I got all excited too and then I had to disappoint myself. And Tom. <laughs> Alright, so once again it looks like Rogiar is the only one to notice this. Dwarf is hyper aware. Uh, <laughs> so, well, uh, so yeah, Dwarf's uh, got that wisdom bonus and you're not taking any penalties. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, maybe kind of similar to the fire beetle downstairs. Uh, you can see from across the room that the... Uh, the three mites seem to kind of be like twitching slightly, as if something is inside of them. Something uh, red and glowing, something that needs a shoveling, perhaps. <laughs> now, well, Rogiar got high enough to notice this. Uh, he did not get high enough to notice before uh, Uhtred and the others started approaching, and three giant, disgusting cockroaches burst out from within the corpses of these mites to attack you. To attack us? To attack you. Uh, But there's fresh mites in the other room. Everybody (laughs) give me initiative. Oh, hey! Rogier. Uh, 19. Wow. Vipira. 22. Father Crow. 16. What is your modifier? Plus 3. Okay, Uhtred? 3. Oh, man. Thalias. Also 19, but I have a Garbo mod, so... Man, I thought I'd be going... I thought these co- these cockroaches would be going uh, almost first with their 16 on their initiative rolls, but instead they're going second to last. Yeah, <laughs> sucks to suck. <laughs> uh, however, it is still the surprise round, and of the PCs, Rogiar is the only one who can act, so Rogiar, it is your turn. All right. Um. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure they are yep, out of my base range here. So what Rogiar is going to do is he is going to have to use his he's gonna use his extended range ability, but he does not have the ability to gather power at the moment. So he's gonna overexert himself with a little bit of burn in order to take a pot shot at the red beetle. Alright, why don't you explain what burn is? All right, so for anyone who hasn't figured it out by now, among the listeners... Uh, yep, yep, <laughs> um, right here. Ro- Rogiar <laughs> is... He has uh, apparently... Wh- whatever happened to bring him to this 
this tomb and this current situation has awoken some kind of dormant powers within him. And he is now a uh, kineticist class. And the kineticist ca- class obviously comes with special elemental abilities. Rogyars has manifested as the ability to manipulate and use air blasts. And different abilities that kineticists use um, can be can be used by overexerting yourself and basically willingly taking a little non-lethal damage in order to do some cool effects. And that's called burn. Mm. And every point of burn that I take is uh, one point of non-lethal damage per kineticist level. So obviously right now, one point of burn is one point of non-lethal damage. And each point, and that will go up as the level goes up, assuming I live that long. <laughs> so and this, this non-lethal damage cannot be ignored or healed in any way short of taking an eight-hour rest. Correct. Yeah, unlike most non-lethal damage, that just gets healed along with any other regular damage when you get healed from any source. Burn has to be rested away. and That's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, the other one of Rogier's abilities is extended range on his air blast. Normally, it's a range of 30 feet. And um, with the extended range, it, uh, I believe it doubles it to 60 feet. I think and it might even be 120 feet. It, it might be 120, but I know it's, it's more than enough to hit these things right here. So Yeah. Um, go for it. Go for it. All right. Oh, shit. That is a uh, natural 20 for a 22 God. to hit. Damn. Okay. Roll to confirm. Uh, that is an 11 to confirm this flat-footed beetle. Oh, that does not confirm. Yeah. All right. Well, it's still going to take nine damage as this air blast bashes him in the face. Okay, uh, and which one are you hitting? Uh, the red one, which is kind of in the middle. That red one dies. And then with that, Rogiar is also going to like stumble forward five feet. Okie dokie. Uh, it is now the cockroach's turn, and Blue has just enough room to do a half charge with his standard action in the surprise round, and it's going to charge at Uhtred. That's a 16 to hit Uhtred's flat-footed AC. Yep. You take four points of damage. All right. Uh-huh. Good thing he healed. Right right back on the edge. <laughs> and Green's going to do the same thing. He's going to do a half charge at Uhtred. All right, guy. Find somebody else to kick tonight. <laughs> Some perfectly good Thelias in the back. <laughs> and that's a 20 versus Uhtred's flat-footed AC. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uhtred takes one point of damage from the other cockroaches bite and these things let out uh, a skin crawling cockroach hiss as they crawl low to the floor with their six legs skittering about they both converge onto Uhtred these dog sized cockroaches Uh, that brings us to the combat proper and it is Vipira's turn Vipira's gonna take a five foot step uh, to the west, and uh, she's actually going to take a swing at green. Okay. Hopefully encouraging the blue to strike me in case if I can't get to it. Uh, 23 to hit. That'll hit. Uh, with five damage. All right. And so that was on green? Yup. Okay, it is still up. All right. She does it one more time. 22 to hit. That'll hit. Nine damage. Oh. Oh, sorry. Four damage. Four. Sorry, uh, not nine. 
I was so confused. <laughs> Sorry, I, I added the two together. <laughs> uh, with uh, with another four points of damage, you put that cockroach down. Oh my God, Vipera, Vipera Bugslayer, Draker, yeah. Draco, <laughs> In- insect breaker. Uh, and it is again Rogiar's turn. All right, uh, Rogiar is going to uh, actually move forward uh, 15 feet by moving to the west to get a clearer shot at the the last remaining cockroach. Sure. Um, and he's gonna be like, "Hey, leave the keeper alone." That uh, that elicits an immediate look from <laughs> Uther. Not not even like a subtle body change, like. Head snapping, staring at you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that shot goes really wide with a two to hit. Uhtred's glare, like maybe distracted Rogiar at the last second, and that shot goes wide. And it is now Thalias's turn. Yeah, here we go. There's only one left, and I've got a shovel, so I'm going to step up, step over, and smash. 18. 18 hits. That's a seven. Oh, you hear a sickening crunch from its exoskeleton as you bring your shovel down on it, but it is still moving. Uh, hmm, surprising. And it is Father Crow's turn. Okay, I'm going to pass through Uhtred's space to get to the cockroach. Okay. Um, out of curiosity, what if Uhtred didn't want to let Father Crow pass through? Then Father Crow could have just gone diagonally down and then diagonally up, and there's little Uhtred could have done about that, except maybe try to trip Father Crow as an attack of opportunity. Well, I wasn't thinking trip, but maybe, like, put an arm up. I, I, Uhtred like can a put no, an he's arm mine. up. Uhtred can put an arm up, but if that's all Uhtred does, Father Crow is still capable of continuing with his movement if he wants to. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to make like a CMB, but I will, with my back to you kind of feeling you come up trying to pass, I'll go to like put a hand on your shoulder as if to say like, no, don't let me do this. I walk past you and look back and go, you can't <laughs> die on me. I'm in and no condition so to I'm stop you. Position. So yeah, you, yeah, you keep I move in so I'm flanking with uh, Thalias. Okay, that movement will provoke though. I'm going to... Father Crow moves past Rogyar to get into a flanking position with Elias. Sure. Because I'm not going to describe realistically my character moving around like a goofball. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> That's a 14, well, 16 to hit. 16 hits. 3 damage. And with your short sword slash, that is enough to finish it off. Sweet. I am going to drink that other potion. <laughs> And I'm doing this with an immense amount of shame that is swirling up deep from inside me at the fact that the guardsman was unable in the last two encounters to do much at all, as opposed to the young town troublemaker girl and a merchant man. (laughs) Vipera secretly, like, realizes this and she's just and she kind of like scoffs like she's just like you don't realize this at all this is building within me (laughs) well no she fished she saw that you've done she might not feel 
She might well, not, yeah, right, she yeah. might not feel the guilt, but she might see Thalias really not standing out that much. What? Thalias? He's the man with the shovel. Oh, sorry, Rogiar. Or, I mean, Uhtred. <laughs> My peer is just looking down on everybody right now. Seriously. Right. That potion bug healed killing me up. abilities. All right, Uhtred heals uh, 15 points of damage. Uh, I can only take 10. All right. Either way, he's maxed out. Yeah. All right, so uh, what do you guys do? At this point, what is causing that magical aura? All right, so you go over and you inspect uh, the altar. Easy now. What, what is this Don't square thing on the ground? Moves. Is that the altar or is it this thing? What is this yeah, 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 phone yeah. dial grid <laughs> of things? Several tiles on the floor in front of the altar bear large symbols. The square in front of the altar consists of nine two-foot square stones arranged in a three-by-three grid. The words, follow along Roslar's devotion, are carved around the grid. The nine symbols are arranged as follows. So, row one is farthest to the east. Row two is in the middle, and row three is farthest to the west. So the words follow along Roslar's devotion are carved around the grid. The nine symbols are arranged as follows. Row one, a mailed fist, a heart, a tower. Row two, a rapier, a tree, a skull. Row three, a horse head, a round helm, feathered wings. Are these things movable? Is there a knowledge check we can make? They don't appear movable, but they they look like they might be like pressurized columns, like pressurized tiles. Give me a knowledge engineering check. Not my best. Fourteen. Dungeoneering or engineering? Engineering. Oh, with an with an E, right? Oh my God, Uhtred. Uh, seventeen for Rogiar. Twenty for Uhtred. A six for Vipira. Fourteen for Elias. Three for Crow. All right, so Uhtred and Rogiar, uh, uh, it appears like this might be some sort of puzzle. It looks like you're expected to step on three tiles going from east to west, one row at a time. And stepping on the correct three tiles, something will happen. Yeah, it's kind of why I was asking, like, it said, what, follow uh, his devotion. devotion. So I was wondering if, like, maybe... That's His devotion do is Erasne. So, yeah. So then he was. It's, hey, she's got feathered wings, don't she? Heart. Yep. So, so, definitely the feather wings. Probably um, I'd say I think the rapier is like her weapon of choice, and probably. Ooh, probably heart. Thinking heart. I'm thinking heart. I, I think heart is probably the way to go. What about horse head? He had his horse buried with in his tomb. Yeah, that yeah, may but, be stronger but, than feather. But the man. horse wasn't his devotion, though. It, like. I think someone had the history check that said that he was like utterly devoted to Erasne. That's true. Devoted but did she have feathered wings? Yeah, she's it, she's like the herald of Eridan. You did see in one of the carvings that she has uh, feathery wings. All right. Okay. What else did we see in the carvings? <laughs> did we see? <laughs> I know a heart she wielded a rapier. Let's see. You saw a mailed fist, a heart, a tower, a rapier, a tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's much better than my idea. I was going to play which one of these is not like the other. <laughs> and I, I wasn't getting very far. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So I'm fairly confident in the feathered wings and the rapier. I feel if pretty I had confident to pick one, 
I'd go heart for the third, but that one I'm not sure of. All right. Well, fuck it. Uchid needs to regain some self-confidence. So uh, he'll step on the heart, followed by the rapier, and then the feather wings. Okay. Now, is it a three-person thing, or is it a one-person hopscotch type deal? It's like a hopscotch kind of situation. Okay. Okay, so Uhtred steps on the first tile, the heart, and you hear a muffled click coming from somewhere behind the altar. He takes another step forward onto the rapier. A second click sounds from maybe somewhere underneath the floor tiles. He takes another step forward. On that last one, I'm going to actually close my eyes and take a deep breath and like step with my eyes closed. Kind of squinted up, like yeah, bracing for. Uh, I didn't. For I didn't want to say anything, but I got my um, fingers in my ears, like you're gonna fucking explode, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he takes his third step forward onto the feathery wings, and this time it's like a like a click kachunk kind of sound, and the wall behind the altar swings open, Ooh. revealing a small hidden space. Yeah, I know a trap I when impressed. I see one. <laughs> Whew. What's in there? Not a clue. I go check. Yeah, we go over and look. Yeah, I'm right behind you. <laughs> My bureau let someone the... else do the dangerous work. And let me go see what the treasure is. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that what where I was sensing the magical aura from? The magical aura was coming from the altar. It's uh, but Yeah, but you think maybe that had something to do with the... Uh, like the function of the puzzle that you just partook in. Okay. Uh, so you walk over to the uh, to the section of wall that kind of like clicked open, and you swing it outward, and you behold the space on the other side. And we'll see you next week oh. on the Inspired Incompetence oh. Podcast. No. See ya, right, bastard. Oh. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya.